0: Welcome to the National Rural Ed Podcast, The Rural Voice. Uh, We are recording today and we have some exciting uh, work going on uh, with some of our national partners. We have a great guest, um, but I always wanted to start off with our sponsors for our podcast. So today's podcast is the, we have two sponsors today. Primary sponsor is My Credentials. It's a micro-credentialing professional development tool for teachers, and we're excited that they're on board and sponsoring our podcast that goes nationwide, and also Win Learning, which is an education, career, interest, and soft skills uh, survey plat- platform. So we're glad that uh, Steve Fain from Win Learning is helping us out, and also My Credentials is sponsoring, and, and there might be a C- CEO on this one. I think it's Dr. Jared Bigum, so we're excited to have My Credentials jump on as well. And and that leads me to our introduction of my co-host. Uh, we have Dr. Jared Bigham, who's a longtime friend. We're 20-plus now, Jared, so that's to get this in a different category for anniversary. <laughs> uh, and then also Dr. Chris Silver, who is dialing in live from the University of the South, Suwanee, on the mountain of Mont Eagle, Tennessee. So we're excited to have him with us today. And Chris, I'm going to let you introduce our guests, and we'll start the process
1: yeah so today we are joined by jessica culver she is currently teaching civics and economics and uh, concurrent college credit history courses at ozark high school in ozark arkansas Um, and this is her 20th year of teaching and so she's doing a lot for the community there and we thought it'd be really great to have her on given uh you know civics i believe it's civics week right jessica does that sound right
2: Sounds absolutely perfect.
1: So we are so glad to have you here, and uh, look forward to the conversation today. And, and I'm sure our listeners will as
0: well. So welcome to
1: the program.
2: Thank you.
0: So, so, Jessica, we're going to jump into conversation here, but 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 I have to know. Kind of tell us your background a little bit. Are you from the area where you teach, and and a little bit about your history?
2: I am a native Arkansan, but I'm from a more urban area of Arkansas, and made my way down to Ozark, Arkansas, in the beautiful Ozark Mountains, to a very, very rural part of the state, and I adore teaching in a rural area. I love that my own kids get to go to school here, and I've learned a lot about rural teaching. So glad to be here.
0: Jessica, that's great that you are in the rural area. And and I have to uh, uh, kind of make a kind of plug for our our state affiliate there in Arkansas, which is the Arkansas Rural Education Association. And um, I know Jared visited last summer and did their summer conference, and I'm going this summer. So it's always good to have a connection in Arkansas, rural Arkansas, and then also with our Arkansas Rural Education Association. So and Chris and and Jared, please jump in after I, I'm going to start the question. I, Jessica, tell us a little bit about this uh, Civic Education Week and when it is. And I think I think it's in March and uh, Civic Learning Week. So tell us a little bit about that.
2: Well, really, I try to think of every week as Civic Education Week, right? Isn't that what we? try to do.
0: Amen, that's
2: good. So this year's Civic Education Week is March 6th through 10th, and I am going to talk a little bit with you all about everything I try to do and that others in my community try to do to make civics a real and meaningful thing that kids can make personal connections to. I think Civics Education Week is about taking civics from a book,
3: to real world, tangible things. Uh, Jessica, let me ask you qu- just quickly, why do we have to have a specific civics week now when it it seems like, I won't say the olden days, but, but <laughs> civics was embedded in just the, the education system and, and the culture. And so why now do we have to pick a week to do civics week?
2: Well, I don't know that we have to, but I want us to. I'm glad we do. I find that young people that I teach are very curious and very excited, and they want to do better. They want to improve their communities. They want to know about resources. How do I get involved? What can I do? So I think it happens to so we can encourage them. And so the community can see young people are pretty awesome. You often hear real negative things about young people. And I don't think any of that is true. I find them to be really ready to engage in civics and they're excited. So it should be a week to continue that encouragement and show the community how amazing these young adults are wherever you live.
3: Great. Yeah. So I, I, I've just, I wanted to highlight the fact that I think our education system has somewhat drifted away from those kinds of topics. So, you know, we're so focused on the the uh, subjects that were tested on, and, and I know some states have a civics test that is required for, for graduation. Tennessee's played around with that for a while, and um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm glad that you're so passionate about this. And so, tell us a little bit about like what activities you do, and with what grade levels uh, that you do these activities.
2: Okay, sure. And Arkansas does have that civics test requirement for graduation. We do have that here. So I definitely do this all throughout the year. I don't want to make it seem like we do something just on civic Week. so big things we have done we have a voter education drive every year at our school my students run it themselves in coordination with our local county courthouse and everyone ages 17 years and six months can register to vote so they don't have to be 18 in my state to register to vote so we get a huge portion of our senior class registered to vote in that This fall, all of my students who were 17 and older could volunteer to work at early voting. It was very, very exciting because my students who volunteered, they did it for free, their time at early voting actually got to see their classmates come in and cast their first votes. So it was just amazing to see these newly registered voters who registered at our drive cast their first vote while their classmates worked the voting booth as it were and that also allowed students to work with others in the community and for our community to see student engagement I do a lot of community service with my students next week we're going to be teaching at the elementary school I simply get the kiddos there and they take it away and they teach the little elementary kids we have painted uh, things at our school that needed painted this year. We've gotten grants to get picnic tables for our school. And I want to emphasize when we, for instance, get our school picnic tables and the kids go out and put them together, I am just the facilitator. These students really do the work. Every year in the spring, we'll do this in May or April. We plant flowers at every school in our district and at our community center, and the mayor comes out. And on all of these things, the students are really the ones working and putting in the effort.
3: That's great. Uh, At at what grade levels, again, do you work with?
2: I work with grades 10 through 12.
3: 10 through 12, okay. Okay, great. Um, Has anyone through this process of getting involved in civics gone on like got interested in politics or some other leadership role in the community as a result of of <clears> what you're betting in the school. Cause I think especially in rural schools, if you got the opportunity to, to focus with smaller groups of kids and, and opportunities to do things in their hometowns that, that, that there's pathways there for them that if if that interest is sparked. So you have any stories around that?
2: Absolutely and I did not tell you to ask me this, but these are some of my most favorite stories. Yes, so one of the young ladies who worked at early voting this year, uh, the student signed up to do one day of early voting. It was full volunteer time. Uh, They did not get paid. And this young gal came back and she said, I wanna keep going back and working early voting. I don't want to do just one day. So the courthouse let her keep coming back doing the volunteer work and through that she now has a summer job working at the county courthouse and she wants to go into work within the government after high school. So that just happened this year. It's very exciting. I have another young lady who Years ago, I was able to take a small group of students to Washington, D.C., and it was an amazing time for that group of students, and one of the young ladies who went on that trip, this past summer, after she was in college, she went and worked at the Washington, D.C. Capitol Building this past summer for a U.S. senator, and I was very happy to play a little tiny role in doing that original dc trip that got her interested in our government
0: so so jessica let's let's tag on to that that story in the last one so do the students fund this trip or does the school no
2: no it was um that was i let me preface by saying if there is a contest for teachers or students I or my students are entering it. If there is a grant, a scholarship, an essay, we are doing it. So, no, nothing that I said was uh, funded by the school. That was a contest through the Discovery Channel that we won. I have. That's good
0: to know. That's that's good to know here. And the reason I asked the question is when we have (laughs) listeners, sometimes they have folks that want to fund certain things, or there's maybe a philanthropic arm that is listening to our podcast. So we'll make sure we'll put your contact info in there because you never know you, you, by going on uh, podcasts and, and, and different things like this. There, there's always funders out there that want to help rural communities. Yeah. So I just wanted to make sure that in our podcast, they would know that there is a funding opportunity here to help students from rural Arkansas go to the capital and and learn about the the, the process and kind of how it works in our country.
2: Yes, the other, uh, the number one way I would encourage teachers to get their students to D.C. if they're in Arkansas, is through the Arkansas Valley Electric uh, Rural Education Program. They take students from every single county in Arkansas to Washington, D.C. every summer. They will take uh, kids from my county this summer, and my wonderful student a young man named taylor he was in my civics class last year and he won last year's trip to dc for franklin county and he was so proud to come and show me the photos of him meeting with his senators meeting his representative this same young man after winning the trip but before he went on the trip he did for our local fbla and our community a Meet the Candidates program for election 2022, and he completely took on the Meet the Candidates program by himself. So he is someone who did a free trip to DC, has already put together civic events where you can meet government candidates for office, and he also will have a future in politics. So always apply for the free things, the worst that can
0: happen is you're told no that's a good point um and, and if you were going to give a teacher in another rural area from the across the country to kind of give give us why should they do this give give us that kind of plea to our other folks that listen
2: Okay, clarify for me, rural why, teachers, why
0: should they do these programs? Why, why should oh they do goodness. anything civic education? What, what is the purpose? And, and because some people may want to do this, but they just don't know how to get started. So c- give us the why.
2: The why to do it, first of all, is it makes teaching fun. So I'm going to say a personal reason. It makes Good. teaching fun and rewarding. It's fun to get out of the classroom To meet people from the community or even very very basic it's fun to invite people in from the community we were studying entrepreneurship in econ last week and we have a local winery post winery i'll give them a shout out and i said would you come and talk about how to run a business in a small town and how you give back to the community as a small business It was so much fun. The kids had grape juice tastings. The kids got to see really neat pictures and learn about our local economy. So the first reason I would say to do it is it's fun. And if you just want to start there with guest speakers, like I just mentioned with the local entrepreneur, don't even leave the classroom then. Just start there. The field trips to local museums, or a field trip just to go teach the elementary school makes the day fun for you as a teacher. And if you're having fun, the kids are having fun. And think back to when you were a student, when were you learning the most? It was when it was fun and exciting and enjoyable. So I guess for a selfish reason, do it because it is just a good time to get people in from the community, or to go out into the community. And then it is also, of course, very inspirational to see me step back and students completely take on a project themselves, and then to see students honored for that project. It's inspiring.
1: Yeah, I have to admit, Jessica, I'm really impressed by your approach to it, because in in many respects, it's kind of like do any pragmatism for teachers who want to go back to college? It's like this experiential learning piece, right? Getting out and doing these things versus just learning about them in the classroom, right? I mean, that, that I, besides even the teachers, I'm, this, it sounds like the students are just capitalizing on this, right?
2: Yes. And another example I'd give we are about to very soon go compete at National History Day Regionals, which is in every state. And with that, if my students uh, win, they will get a trip to D.C. through National History Day. And that National History Day project, people say, well, that's hard to do in the classroom. It's hard to get any of these, like National History Day, started. Yes. But once you have the base and the setup and get it started, these students run with it. So the pre-gaming absolutely is intense. But once that's over, they will run with it. And a National History Day student and myself, a young girl named Morgan, who's in 11th grade, through National History Day for free, Morgan and I are going to Hawaii this summer. A student and I, to study World War II in the Pacific, we're getting to research a local amazing veteran who lost his life in World War II. And last week, this veteran's niece, came to our classroom and brought his letters and his military artifacts. And yes, to get that all going, to get this student and I this free trip to Hawaii to meet this veteran's family was a huge amount of pregame. But once the pregaming is done, it takes care of itself and the students are engaged.
3: That's that's awesome. It sounds like you you put a lot of work in, <laughs> as you say, pre gaming in tr- trying to access resources and opportunities. And uh, it, tell us something that that we've missed in our questions. You want people to know about civics and and in particular the civics week or, or just in general. What are we missing? There's a, a that you want to make sure people know.
2: I guess the most important thing is. Ask for help. Ask the ask your community leaders. Ask your school. Hey, I have a great idea. Can I do this? Like I said earlier, the worst that will happen is a no. Apply, apply, apply. People say to me, Oh, you're always getting these scholarships or grant. I'm not always getting them. For every 10 I'm applying for, maybe I'll get two or three but over time that really adds up. So don't be scared to apply, don't be scared of a no. Just put yourself out there. And also if something fails, then it failed and move on, tell the kids, oh, I really thought this was gonna be amazing and this did not work, we're gonna move on. So don't be afraid of failure either.
3: That that is great advice, and and so let me let me ask you our question. We ask every guest since our first episode. Um, if you've been a loyal listener, you'll know what that is, and may be prepared. But <laughs> but what if you had the opportunity to be Harry Potter for a day, and you could wave his magic wand and do one thing around civics education? Just one wave of the wand. You can't. You can't uh, wave for more waves. You got. You get one shot. What would you do with that wave of the wand to impact civics education?
2: Oh, this is a super easy question for me. But also, I must add, Harry Potter, J.K. Rowling, and myself all have the same birthday. So I really am Harry Potter, essentially, <laughs> is what I'm saying.
3: That's awesome.
2: <laughs> so no da- doubt. My dream would be that every student in the USA before high school graduation gets to visit Washington DC. It, I almost get goosebumps even talking about it because it is beyond impactful to visit our nation's capital, to walk those streets, To see civics in action, it never gets old to be in Washington, D.C. And I think it would be life changing in the world of civics for every student in America to get to walk through the Capitol building, to get to walk (laughs) through the Smithsonian, to get to walk past 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue and the Lincoln Memorial. That would be what I would make happen. no questions, no doubt
3: that that is a that is a great one i and I <clears> concur <throat> as someone that went to washington um in elementary school and then i was had was fortunate enough to go to high school and then through my different jobs professional life, I've been to Washington several times and it it is it, it's there's nothing like actually being there, even the virtual field trips and that kind of thing is, is cool, but man, it's, it, you're right, actually being in person, the monuments and the museums there, it's just, it's awesome. Yeah, I
0: think you're right, Jared, I, I also think, um, Jessica, your answer was great, and it was, yes, heartfelt, um, I, you know, I appreciate your honesty, um, I will tell you quickly, just when I visited, Uh, For the first time as an adult going to D.C., I didn't go in high school, I didn't get to do that, but I did as an adult, and I went to Stan where Martin Luther King uh, gave his famous speech there, And and they had the footprints laid out there where he stood and gave his speech. That was more moving than I ever thought it would be. And it kind of hit me when I was standing there, uh, just how massive the impact and then what he was facing out in the audience. So I agree with you 100 percent. And I, I will say this, we'll put this on our podcast. But, you know, if you ever need help reaching out to folks or anything, please reach out to us. We're happy to make connections for you. Uh, especially legislatively in D.C., we're happy to do that. Jared and I will be in D.C. the end of April to do our legislative walk and our time on the Hill. So um, just just let us know um, how we can help you out.
2: And that is a great time for me to add that while I can't take every student to D.C. currently, (laughs) we have an amazing relationship with our members of our National Congress we just we write letters to one of our two senators or our district's representative every year the students create their own letter and we just did our zoom with one of our senators where the students one uh, in my room they zoom with their US senator from Arkansas and in about 2 weeks we're doing our zoom where the students will directly talk through technology with our representative In Washington DC and they do it for me every year and it is a blessing to have them virtually come into my classroom and look face to face to students and they directly speak to them and I just run the technology it is a full congressman and student experience
0: that's good that is great um Well, Jessica, I know Jared's going to close us out today, but I do still want to personally thank you for your uh, approach to teaching what you're doing in rural Arkansas. And um, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And and I know Jared uh, take us home here.
3: Yeah. Thank you, Jessica. Uh, This has uh, been a great conversation. And I think uh, just your, the way you approach it and the the tips you gave is, is awesome. Um, thank you, Chris, for all your work in producing and doing all the behind-the-scenes stuff so that Brad and I just show up and, and talk. <laughs> so thank you for your work and uh, and our listeners. We'll, we've got uh, some more interesting topics as the spring unfolds, and so tune in. Appreciate um, uh, the, the NREA network and what it does for rural schools, and thank you for listening.
2: Thank you, guys.
4: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast and website are those of Dr. Alan Pratt, Dr. Jared Bingham, and Dr. Christopher F. Silver, and do not represent the affiliated universities and or any organization affiliated with the hosts. This podcast and the accompanying material, including our website, represent the opinions of Dr. Alan Pratt, Dr. Jared Bingham, and Dr. Christopher F. Silver, and their guests to the show and website. The content here should not be taken as medical or professional advice and should be used at your own risk. The content here is for informational purposes only and should be understood as such. The Rule Voice podcast or its hosts do not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, organization presented or mentioned in this podcast, and the information from this podcast should not be referenced in any way to imply such approval or endorsement. Further, the content of this podcast are the property of the National Rural Education Association and are protected under U.S. and international copyright and trademark law. No other use, including without limitation, reproduction, retransmission, or editing of this podcast may be made without prior written permission. By listening to this podcast, you agree to the terms and conditions. And while we make every effort to ensure that the information that we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. Thank you.